This is Old Man Rolling Dice. Good evening, this is Jason from Old Men Rolling Dice. We're here tonight with DM Jeremy and DM Devin to discuss random encounters. Are they relevant? Are they irrelevant? How do you play them up? How do you make them work? And the different views that will be expressed on both aspects of those things. If there are different views. We, we, I think we're on the same page on a lot of things, but we'll see. So Devin DMs out of Kitchener-Waterloo area. Devin, tell us your... I guess your D&D story. You DM a lot. I know that. Yes, uh, uh, quite a bit. Um, I've been pretty much a DM since I first got the game uh, when I was 11, and uh, I haven't been able to stop. I'm currently running about five games a month, pretty regularly. Would that be five sessions or five different games? Five different games. Nice. Some of them, usually it's only one session a month, but uh, there's one I'm running, which is two sessions a month. And that's going to come into some of the uh, things that I'm going to discuss about random encounters today. Okay. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, I've been, uh, and uh, I've also done a few other games, kind of dabble around with a few other things as well, just to kind of You're the DM in all of them, though. I've played a little bit. Uh, all the games that I'm running... You're a, player, I, you're a player in that Twitch channel, on Greyhawk channel. Yes, I was yes. a player on the Monster of the Week game that we that we did for the Greyhawk. Because mm-hmm. um, I watched a bit of that. You're an Elven Paladin. Yes. A little bit with his with a stick up his butt. A little least. bit, yes. I didn't get... I haven't watched it all, but the early episodes that I watched, you're very... Very stiff. Very rule-driven. Very... Yeah. you got to have somewhere to start to build an arc, right? Yeah, that's right. Because by, right. yeah, by the end of that, it's, it's very different. Yes. Um, yeah, but mostly... I kind of find it... always find it a little difficult being a player sometimes because I just have so much going on in my head and I always have this mm-hmm. desire to know more. And I mean, if you don't stop me, I will literally explore the, the DM world for two solid hours and just talk to all the little people and check out all the different types of flora and fauna and everybody gets really bored with Yeah, them. I have a hard time with just staying in character on one character. I, I find yeah, that too. It's too restrictive. Like, I want to I wanna try other things. No. no? I love developing one character. I, I know you do. Uh, and you're actually good at it. You're good at it. Yeah. Of, yeah. of the guys I, I play with, I will say that as far as character development goes, you're, you're very good. Yeah. I think having to keep track of too many characters would be tough for me. I think that's probably why I shy away mm-hmm. from dungeon mastering. I think it, 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 it's a lazy thing, but once you've developed one character, it's an easy role to fall into. Mm-hmm. So where do you play D&D in Kitchener-Waterloo Kitchener area? I know there's the round table up there. Yes, uh, that's where I do most of the games that I run. Um, and is that a new place in Waterloo? Sort of. Uh, the place has been there for about two years. It used to be called um, something else. It used to be called the Watchtower. I knew that. Um, I think I knew the, that. But the round table is a place up in Guelph, mm. which has now branched out to both Waterloo and Kitchener. Oh, nice. Uh, and so they basically just acquired the Watchtower and turned it into their Waterloo branch. Um, and I'm actually involved with, they have an in-house setting that they're, they've just got, they're just getting published now. And I'm actually involved with that, and I have actually a meeting tomorrow to do more Excellent. development on that as well. So well, that's that. that's been going really well. And then other than that, I run stuff out of my house for a couple of my own friends that have been around. I, I have never been to the round table, but I am on their Facebook pages for both locations, I think. Uh, well, at least the Guelph and the Waterloo, I think. Those are the two main ones. And gorgeous inside. Like yeah, they have uh, they they get the they have these guys who are um, <clears throat> they do sort of movie prop work. And they got the special mix of concrete to put all along the walls to get it looking like castle bricks. And then they get uh, 
uh, special yeah. lamps that look like kind of medieval torches, and yeah. they've got nice wooden tables with iron braces. If if anybody's listening in Ontario, I can tell you that like Guelph has the round table. Did Guelph there there was like a Harry Potter restaurant that just opened there as yeah, well? Yeah, uh, Knox and Lumos or something like that. Yeah, like, like a breakfast house. So yeah. if you're sort of a geek and into those sorts of things, sort of the Guelph, the Tri City, right? Guelph, Kitchener, Waterloo. Mm-hmm. Lots of good stuff going on. We we are not so fortunate in Brantford. Oh, no, I didn't know any of that was happening. Oh, it's yeah. It's all news to me. Yeah. And the, the Harry Potter restaurant even has, like, the menu is... I would go there. Yeah. We should go. The I know, you have your own wand. The wands are on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so random encounters. Random encounters. So, uh, if you have an idea for the podcast, we would welcome you to uh, submit to us, either through Facebook or Instagram. Devin did that and said he wanted to talk about random encounters, and we were quick to jump on that. So if you're a DM out there or a player uh, that has something they'd like to talk about that's D&D or any role-playing game-oriented for that matter, we're not just D&D. We are right now, but the plan is to broaden our horizon and broaden our scope. Uh, We'd love to have you in. So random encounters, good or bad? Devin, you think good? Um, I'm kind of on the uh, on the good side now, um, but I think it's all about how you handle them. Uh, when I first started out, I didn't really know what I was doing, so I was kind of obnoxious about random encounters because, uh, as far as I knew, that was just what you did. And then one of my players actually got killed by a random encounter because he decided to stay back and loot the room while everybody else went on. And when he left that room, goblins showed up and they stabbed him to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was at that point I was kind of like, oh, you know, I don't know if I like these random encounters anymore. So I kind of started moving away from them and spent a lot of time on fully constructed dungeons with every room, every hallway, and, and all these things. And uh, it was a lot of work, but it definitely worked out a lot better uh, at the time. But recently, because I've been running so many games, I've had to start relying more and more on random encounters to kind of help me manage my time a bit better. Because uh, I'm not paid to do most of these things. No, absolutely. So uh, since I started using them more, I've found that with all of the experience that I've gained over the last decade and a half of doing this, I've been able to actually take these random encounters and turn two or three words written on a page to a full half hour blown out uh, encounter, which can actually have ramifications leading on into other sessions. Sure, sure. And I would I would agree with you that the more experience the DM is the easier it gets to run random encounters. Uh, we talked a little bit before we started recording, and we recently were playing in a campaign with an inexperienced DM, and random encounters were very tough on him to, to make them, to flesh them out and make them effective tools. Right. Trying to flesh out five campaigns that you're running right now would be a massive amount of time. You would, you would literally have to quit your job to work on that full time. I'd be happy to do that <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't have I don't goals. think you're the only guy in this room. <laughs> and maybe just, just so we're clear, so a random encounter, we're, we're assuming we're talking about a table of pre-generated encounters, uh, maybe a 1 to 10, maybe 1 to 12. I always like using a D12 for my random encounters because the D12 is the red-headed stepchild of the uh, Dungeons & Dragons world, so I always like to use my D12 for something. Random encounters is a good choice. Then we, so we're assuming we're rolling on some sort of regularity once every hour. The DMG doesn't actually set out specific rules on how often you check for random encounters. So it's up to the DM. Does he check every hour? Does he check every day? Does he check every... I know a lot of DMs will check for a random encounter during watches on long rests. 
uh, especially in the wilderness. Uh, so one one check every shift of the long rest to see if something happens. And I find that most most things are like a one in five or a one in four chance uh, of something happening. If you if you want to try something different, you could t totally build that in your table. Like if you're going to roll a d20 for your random encounters and one through 10 or nothing, and you don't get random encounters till you get to 11. But that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about, uh, when we say random encounters, it's not like uh, a list of, it's not like a pre-generated event that we're then throwing on the characters. This is literally a table. The DM doesn't know what's coming. And yeah, I think that's the important distinction is that not only do the players not know what's happening, it's, it's the DM who's also kind of being fed this information yeah. right on the spot. You're like challenging your improv skills like on the fly. And, well, that's actually one of the, the benefits I think it does have is, uh, especially when you start getting to the point like me where you get bogged down in all the nitty gritty details and you end up with like a 20 page adventure that's only supposed to be for a quick like two hour one shot. And when you do the random encounters, you kind of are forced to try and come up with stuff on the fly. And it does help a lot for when your players decide, we're going to go do this, and you have nothing for that, and there's no way to spin any of your prepared stuff to do for that. Then you got to come up with stuff on the fly, and if you've done a lot of random encounters and you kind of have a lot of experience in how to make those work, uh, I feel like you'd be better equipped to deal with that. Do you find running five campaigns helps you, in that you can use something that worked well in one campaign Again, in another campaign. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, and then, and then, you get to sort of reuse your material. Yeah, I, I do it all the time. But then the problem there becomes I have to keep track of who's done what game. <laughs> because I have some players that cross between. Yes, you always have that one games. player that, yeah. that is a keener and is in more than one of your campaigns. And then you're like, oh, I can't use that again. Yeah, so I have run into that issue where I have to keep almost keep track of, well, let's see, he did that game and he did that game. So I, I can't run these two games. But I can maybe run this one. Uh, and then sometimes I'll just tweak it a little bit. I'll say, well, thematically it doesn't fit, but if we change the crack it into an Aboleth, then sure it works. Like, you know, you can yeah. do things like that. So I, I'm going to argue against uh, argue against random encounters, mostly because I don't usually use them. Not because I don't like Maybe it is because I don't like them. When I talk this out, it's interesting what comes out of me. So the reasons that I don't like random encounters, one, I'm a big fan of pacing at the table. And I feel like a, a game is made or break, made or broken in the pacing of the game. And random encounters, if you're playing them by the book, you could want to scale the pacing up. In other words, the game's just going too slow and I need more action. So you roll for a random encounter. Oh, I didn't get one. I mean, in my case, behind the screen, I'm still going to roll because players love to hear me roll and it builds suspense. But I'm not really rolling. I've already decided I want to give them a random encounter. So to pick up to pick up pacing. <laughs> and then I also, depending on how the random encounters are scaled, if the party's beat down, you don't want to then throw a random encounter that's going to finish them off, so to speak. And I realize that every like a. a a DM can always go, well, I'll just roll another time on the table. But my thing is, once you start going, once you start picking, oh, I'm going to roll again, I don't want that random encounter. Or once you start going, I want a random encounter now, so I'm going to fudge that roll. Basically, once you start fudging the rolls, I think the randomness of the random encounter is no longer there. And then what's the point in using it as a random encounter? You can just say, you know, here I want an encounter, so I'm going to throw something in. I do like random encounters as a list, 
If I'm running, give me one of the pre-gens here, the Princes of Apocalypse, which we're running in our like, Princes of Apocalypse has some random encounters, so it gave me some things that can be found in the area. That's helpful. So I know that, you know, there's groups of cultists wandering around, or there's earth elementals, or onkegs, or whatever. They, they can be found in the area. That's great. As a DM, I'm happy to know now that I have some monsters that are found in the area. But as far as randomly rolling for which ones I'm going to grab, I don't think I do that. And I say that, I know I have done it, but I don't like the idea of doing that. I would rather just go, this is a good time for a cultist encounter. This is a good time for elemental encounter, whatever the case may be. So my argument, and if I'm, if I'm making the random encounter table, I would rather spend that time just to make some encounters I like and then unleash those on the characters when I feel it's an appropriate time to unleash them on the characters. Whether it be during downtime or whether it be during uh, while they're traveling or maybe even in the midst of another encounter that's really easy, then I can add this encounter to it to, to beef it up. So that's my argument for... like. That's my experience as to why I don't use the tables is because the randomness, although I think the randomness is incredibly fun, I think it messes with my pacing. When I don't use a random encounter, I can control that. There is definitely some merit to that. It's like uh, if you have an action movie, you want mm -hmm. to have all your action scenes paced out properly with sure. a certain amount of downtime. It's a neat, I never, as a player, I never thought about that, but it's neat because there are, you're right, it's not even just action scenes, but I mean, even we've had too much action. Let's have a role-playing scene. Let's have a, a friendly encounter. Let's bring it back down a bit so it doesn't feel like it's just a continuous string of combat. I had no idea those weren't random encounters that we encountered. The last session is an exception, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, the uh, it's it's kind of the same way with um, the way you would approach uh, action scenes in an action movie should be the way you approach musicals in a musical movie. Wherever you lay your action scene should be the same spot you would put a musical number in if you're going to do that kind of story. In that it should it should be a good point in the story to have this kind of break from what's currently going on for this big action piece or this big musical score or whatever. And it should help inform some other part of the story. You want to have either a character growth or more information being had or something that changes that's going to fundamentally alter the future of the plot. I think a lot of the problem with uh, random encounters, uh, straight, straight on as they are, is that they, in the end, have no real consequence. It's like, oh, you're wandering through the forest and a pack of wolves attacks you. Okay, well, you deal with the pack of wolves. That had no bearing whatsoever in anything. The only real reason you would ever do that is if you're running if without the milestone, if you're running with an experience-based party and you find that, well, they're a little low, maybe we we'll want to beef them up a little bit. But then it's like... <sighs> and we talked about that. The random encounter was sort of born in early edition Dungeons & Dragons. The random encounter table, like the DMG, the first edition DMG is full of random encounter tables because you're dealing with the experience points. And they have to for lack of a better word, grind through monsters to earn more experience, or they're not going to go up a level, right? Uh, yeah, and, and that's the thing. If that's the kind of game that you're running, um, and I actually ran into this when I was running Out of the Abyss, uh, they had some encounters, some random encounters, because the way that game is structured, you pretty much need random encounters, because it's all survival-based, so you, the only way to ever progress is to f have things happen to you so you can get more resources. And not linear at all. 
No, it's like, completely you can exploratory. Go, yeah, you can go right off the map without a deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's some very like specific sections that specific things happen mm-hmm. in, but outside of that, it's mostly exploratory. So mm-hmm. random encounter. And they have a great, really extensive random encounter table in that book that I really, really love. But in that game, if you are not getting enough combat, there really aren't that many ways to gain experience. And because of the way of that game, Milestone's really hard to do because it is so exploratory. You could go... Sure six sessions with nothing of note really happening and they're just kind of building their own uh, exploration story um, as long as you're running the game with that theme in mind uh, and your players know that that's what you're going to do that's that's cool but if you don't keep having something occur that gives them experience by the time they get to the next big event they're going to be really underpowered and probably die which because it's a brutal game um, and that's kind of the point but at the same time you want it to seem somewhat fair Mm-hmm. As long as they don't charge at Demogorgon when he rises out for the first time, you know. Generally, you'd like... I was there when that happened. Not in your game. A friend of mine ran it, and uh, you're not that far into the module. It's pretty much like... It, for me, it happened in the third session. It yeah. was pretty early. And Demogorgon rises out of the lake. Spoiler, spoiler. We just ran. Yeah, you run. That's <laughs> that's the correct thing to do. <laughs> yeah. But So, I mean, in, in that case, I think that... any You know, if you're like, oh, uh, goblins are going to show up. And in that case, uh, just you know, you could say, "Oh, you're walking down the path, and arrows fly out and attack you." In that case, that's not so bad. They're kind of ex- they're in the underdark. They're expecting horrible things to attack them any second. So I think in that respect, it works. When it's more of a of a story based game um, where you are using milestone, where it doesn't really matter about party resources so much because you're focusing more on getting to the next plot element. I think then random encounters can sometimes overstay their welcome. And have less of a part. Okay, in a story-driven game, though, everything you're encountering is building on that story. Do you think there's a point of having a random encounter in simply in that it creates like a red herring? Like, like the last ten things we encountered all built on this. How does this fit in? It doesn't seem to fit. You know, what I mean? like to, to sort of to break the everything we encounter is simply going to build on this, the narrative that's happening, and then just to have somebody go, actually, this doesn't fit, or I can't figure out how this progresses. Is it? Maybe a nice way to kind of shake it up or uh, take players and put them off balance so they don't sort of predict what's going to happen? For sure, there is a bit of that. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of asking a lot of your players to just say every single thing that happens is in relation to the overall plot, mm-hmm. um, unless it's a really crazy conspiracy-type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you, you'd argue, yeah, if we're wandering through the forest, we're probably going to encounter bandits or wolves that have nothing to do with what's actually happening. But in that case, it doesn't necessarily have to be a combat encounter. Um, and you could still have some very roundabout way to incorporate it into the main plot. You could say, well, the reason the bandits are there is because the Dark Lord is encroaching on their area, which has nothing to do with these bandits specifically. They're not tied to any of that plot, but they're there because of... So in a sense of a story-building game, I think that random encounters are a nice way to do world-building. You can kind of, if, you, if you can approach it, if you just roll on a table and it says four bandits, it's like, okay... Well, you can have four bandits just show up, or you can say, oh, well, these bandits are probably because of such and such. I like the idea that you can just throw wolves or bandits in. I think that that makes, from a world-building sense, which you mentioned, I think that makes the world feel real. To walk through an old dark wood and not be attacked by wolves in a D&D setting seems almost <laughs> blasphemy. Blasphemy. <laughs> but, uh, so I like those encounters. I think encounters that have nothing to do with the plot, reinforce that even though your plot is our story, this is a living, breathing world and other things are going on. 
It's Ooh. not always about you guys. Those bandits don't care you're trying to save the world. They just want your money. Exactly. Yeah. And the wolves are hungry. And The troll yeah. is just wants to crush Exactly. Them. The troll is guarding his river or bridge or whatever he's doing. So I'll, I'll, I'll come back to where what you had mentioned. So random encounters. Because we were going to have this discussion, I decided in my last session, I would just use the random tables. And what happens, happens. So we did a night of sleeping where nothing happened. And the group was like, what? Nothing <laughs> happened? And I tried to explain that, you know, well, if every time you went out of town, something attacked you, no one would go out of town. Caravans wouldn't exist. Nobody would get any of the deliveries. The, the, Trade the, would break down. Exactly. The roads were that so dangerous. That, our speech was literally like, okay, so we're probably going to get attacked tonight because the sun's going down. So let's make sure we set watches. Sure. And then we're like, really? Nothing happened. Unbelievable. Like, it was almost like, yeah, a complete break from the standardized plot we were expecting. So we're playing Princes of the Apocalypse, no spoiler there, and the next uh, the next day, just as they're making camp, because I was rolling twice during day hours and twice during night hours. So basically once every six hours I was checking for a random encounter. I got a random encounter, I rolled on their nice little table, and it was fire cultists. So it, it the table gives a breakdown of what the cultists are. There's like this many clerics and this many warriors. So we did that. There was only one cleric, so I decided he he would be the leader of the party, and I gave him the name. And they were not aggressive. They just came over and because I like the idea of what you're saying. Not all random encounters should be violent encounters. I I, I think that about every encounter, honestly. Yeah. I think every encounter should have, other than maybe like the occasional. Lunatic should probably have some kind of alternative yeah. way to get through it. I like that idea. The people that I play with, though, are a little murder hobo y. Oh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I'm definitely not murder hobo. No, but I'm not talking just about your group. I mean, I'd be in for another group at the bench, and I think everybody likes a good scrap. So sometimes it is just a fight. Anyways, then they try out, they, they break camp, they go their separate ways, the cultists and the party. And on the next random encounter, I roll Hamlet, which is just like a village out on the, some sort of little farmstead out on the hills. So again, like you said, I decide to do more with it than just me come across a Hamlet. I had it appear to have been burnt down by the fire cultists. And the party then came into town, tried to figure out what it was, what it was. And what was going on, and then I put a few other hints in that maybe this hamlet had been working with the water cultists. So the fire cultists are there to do away with them. Yeah, those were totally random. I I feel like they tied in well. I don't think I don't think you guys knew. I had no idea that was random. One hundred percent. I think, that's, I think that's, the mark, that's a mark of a good encounter. A good way to use random encounters is if your players. Fully believe you had that plan. All of our previous encounters seemed random. The archives totally seemed right. Yeah, random that's encounter. not a random encounter. Okay, that's in the module. Whereas the cultists and the burnt, the burnt hamlet, the burnt uh, farm, one hundred percent seemed like it was something out of a plot line of the no. story. Not a, well done, my friend. I did not have a <laughs> single thing written down for that encounter. Really? I can even show you my notes where I scribbled down the cleric's name, and to, to for the life of me, I don't know his name right now. I do not remember either. Who remembers names in D&D? &D? Yeah. Yeah. But, had I been an inexperienced DM, 
I'm not sure that it would have went down like that. I think the random table might have just turned in those fire cultists jumped out from behind some rocks and started attacking the party. And the hamlet might have just been another little town on the road and, you know. No, it wouldn't have been very good at all. No, it definitely felt like it was part of the campaign. It definitely felt like it was actually entirely pre-planned. It was probably one of the best parts of the evening, actually, that session. Well, there you go. Yeah. So that's that's certainly a thumb up for yeah. random See, that's, encounters. That's the strength of the random encounters, yeah. that if you can run them and integrate them really well, uh, they can actually become one of the more memorable aspects of your of your. Uh, and it's, fu- it's fun for the DM, too. And that's because the, thing, the DM yeah. has the thing on the fly, and how can I tie that all together? So from that standpoint, I like them, but I don't... Like, I could have just as easily, before that session started, looked through those random encounters as a list and gone, what do I like here, and what can I work with, and build them from there. And I think for most people, I don't know how... I have a, I, I have a couple of guys that I play with at the bench, obviously, I have a group at the bench. I don't know when those guys are DMing their own games that they're using random encounters. It would be. We'll put a poll up and see who's using... Random encounters and who's not using random encounters. I'll bet you the majority of people aren't using them. I, I would say that. Except for maybe at, except for maybe during watches. Because it's almost expected at that time. Well, the, so the thing about that, because uh, you, you mentioned that uh, pretty much every time you settle down for a watch, you, you're expecting to get I attacked. I literally say, okay, guys, um, we're probably But it has not, right. just for the record, it has not been that way in the No, campaign. not at all. But I think as a player over the years, you just certainly come... Yeah. There's this sort of paranoia that gets set into you. Well, I think the reason for that is because the the, the the basis, if we get really down to the core bare bones, we break down the game of Dungeons & Dragons, it's a resource management game. It's all about how well you can manage what you are trying, what you have access to until you run out of all that stuff. Um, and the whole point of the encounter while you're resting is that it adds a risk so that you're not just saying, okay, we just fought wolves, we threw fireballs, let's take a long rest, get those back, so next time we come across something, we can just fireball them again. But if you have that, if you have that risk and say, well, we might get attacked even while we're trying to rest, then you, kind of, you have to think, it's like, well, maybe we don't want to spend all of our spells or all of our resources, all of our magic just yet because there's a chance we might need it later. Think about what is over the next sort of rise. And the threat of the encounter being random... I mean, if the players know that you're legit running random encounters, I suppose the random encounter can serve as that threat. It's like, if we burn it all on this encounter, and then the DM rolls for the next random encounter... We're looking at a pair of mating owl bears all of a sudden. (laughs) Exactly. We've got a problem. (laughs) Yeah. And, And the fact that it is random means that they could decide to gamble. They could say, okay, uh... I really, we really need to take these guys down now for whatever reason. So they said, okay, we're going to spend our last high level spell slot to take them all out in one go. Then we'll risk that when we take our rest, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Now, as a DM, you're kind of faced with a dilemma in that sense. If you're not running random encounters, you say, well, do I spring an encounter on them or don't I? And even with all the experience that I have, I, you probably have more than me, but I'm not sure I could make that decision and come up with an answer that I was happy with. Whereas and if you're... So, so, yeah, because you're put in the spot of, if I I know all their resources are exhausted, if I spring the count, encounter on them now, I'm a dick. Kind of, yeah. I mean, not, not really, but you feel like it. But, yeah. if you're, but if it's a random encounter, then I'm sorry, it's a game about dice. 
it's a game about dice, and the dice said you got an encounter. A mutual friend of ours, Stuart, yes, yes. is very much, let the dice play. Don't worry about that. You can open that yeah. can. Let the dice... Yeah, we're talking. People are getting dry. <laughs> <laughs> let the dice roll. Let the dice decide the game. In fact, I think Stuart, in the last little while, was not even playing with a screen. Stuart, DM Stuart is another uh, mutual friend of ours. That's a discussion right there. Sort of just absolute transparency. So, if Stuart, if you're listening to this, you come in and tell us why you don't use a screen. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah, that'd be really good. That would be... I got one of those other discussions we've had in the past where I'm like... Yeah. Never even occurred to me that somebody would do he that. He shows the players, the players see all the dice rolls. Wow. And I'll bet, he, I'll bet. Players he, die sometimes. I will bet he uses random encounter tables. And I'll bet he uses just, Stuart's a good DM. Stuart's a good DM. Stuart was my first DM while we're on the topic. But everybody remembers the first. When I was a player. That's right. Everybody remembers <laughs> the first. So DMs that don't play with a screen, and I don't know many of them, but... DMs that don't play with a screen, I think the random encounter is golden because the players know that the DM is not making the call on whether they get hit during the night. Absolutely. And just to kind of go back to when you're having to make that decision, if your players know that you don't use random encounters and you spring that encounter on them, there's always going to be that like, well... They can be a little bitter. Yeah, they might. I mean, especially if somebody dies because of that, because they, they definitely were not ready and... They, they were like, oh, we're going to take the risk. It's not really a risk if you're the one making that call, um, especially if it's a very story-based game, but yeah. you want to still have that kind of... And character death, again, I'm probably get, heading off into another topic here, but character death is very different in 5th edition than it was in old-school gaming. Because in old-school gaming, it was nothing to run grinder adventures where you just chewed through character sheets. Like there was no oh I've had this character for twelve for for twelve months now I've got a great story arc there was none of that there was none of that the game just wasn't built like that and I'm not saying someone out there is going oh yes there was well okay that's fine in your game there was but a lot of D and D was dungeon crawling grinder spit like just play an old version of play the old version of Tomb of Horrors. I'm pretty sure, at least the 5th edition Tomb of Horrors is still pretty brutal. Yeah. Play that and let it grind and spit up your characters. And But there was no atta- there was attachment, but not the same way. When I play now, everybody wants a good story. I want a good story. So I'm not saying the other way is the right way. But what I am saying is, if you spring that encounter, and, you, and it was your call versus a dice roll, and a character dies, there can be some resentment. Absolutely. Devastated, and that's the thing. My so, characters are massive. I put like, yeah, they're a part of me. So let's run this scenario that Devin and I have going here. Right. So the party has exhausted all their all their potential. They're we out of spells. That. We were out of spells last session. Okay. After the so ambush, deep went deep wrong. in a dungeon too. We're not out. You take a rest, yeah. and you know your DM doesn't use random encounters, and he hits you with another one. And you've got nothing left. The tank is He knows you have nothing left. you got maybe some cantrips and your basic normal attacks and whatever you can use that's reuse that's reusable. No rage, no bardic inspiration, no... If your character spells. dies during that, I think you're bitter. I don't know. I can't talk about this right now at all. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, happen to be, I happen to be very seriously attached to characters. I believe if, this is a totally different topic. As a player, if I'm going to 
invest time and effort into playing a character, mm. I want that character. That character becomes very dear to me. Yeah. I, I don't just randomly pick a. I don't think you're alone. No, I don't think you're alone. I, I, I think the, the longer I'm character, or the longer I'm with that character, it becomes absolutely it's very important so, to me. And I think this, the majority of players that I play with have that same feeling. Yeah. And and then that's that's the, that's not a decision I want to have to make ever. So in that case, that's where I think having some kind of role does help because if you can just say, well, because they're like in this situation where they're very weakened, I don't want to throw an encounter on them. Well, then at that point, there's no more risk. There's no more risk mm-hmm. for them that's to, true. and they're just going to throw fireballs, take a rest, like throw everything at every fight, mm-hmm. and you're never going to have a, a real tense combat experience well, without absolutely. having to, to drag the fights out. You have to know that that safety net doesn't exist. Exactly. Right? You have to know, yeah. If you, if, if I'm going into a game, and maybe not particularly this game, but a previous, previous games, and I know there's no way I can die, I can do outrageous stuff, mm-hmm. right? And the problem is you suddenly have five people at a table all doing absolutely outrageous stuff that legitimately should result in character deaths, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you have Without the threat of potential character deaths, I think you lose a lot of story there. I think it just yeah. becomes sort of a, uh, a dare fest. I think I've talked myself into liking random encounters. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We like to think we're evolving. Uh, for the most part, I would prep encounters and make them feel random, but they're not actually random. I mean, there's nothing saying you can't just make 30 encounters yourself and then just kind of... Be like, well, these could be fit anywhere, so I'll just roll to see when they happen and if they happen. You know, that's I've done that. There's, that's perfectly mm-hmm. a viable way to go, um, and that gives you a little bit more to work with than just four bandits show up. I think if you're mm-hmm. trying to drive a story or a narrative, you can drop hooks or, or create continuity for sure. And that's if you have lots of prep time, uh, which is the thing. Yeah. So for me, because I don't, I don't really have that. Occasionally, if I'm you know, driving somewhere or whatever, and I come up with a cool idea, I'll be like, oh, I gotta write that down. So as soon as I get where I'm going, I'm gonna, I write that down, and then I'll have a, a, an oh. encounter ready to go. Um, one thing that I've been running in a game, one of the games that I do, it's Viking-themed, and what we do is one of them plays a uh, uh, homebrew sort of, it, it's based off of this setting book, and so they play a class from that book, which is the Rune Master. And the way that we do encounters is that when they're out exploring the wilderness, because there's a lot of wilderness exploration, uh, I'll say uh, for each day or night or whatever, I'll say pull rune from the bag. And when they pull that rune, we get our rune divination chart and we see what they just got. So if it's up or if it's down, depends on whether it's good or bad. Or and then it's associated with different things. Like one, it could be associated with betrayal. One could be associated with wealth. One could be associated with hope. And then you can compare that to, um, it also gives you charts with, like a d6 roll, but then it also tells you different types of runes and what you can use for that. Take that, add that to the chart. Now you have a very thematic kind of experience where the rune master makes a fortune tell for the day. He gets the ruin and then the, the betrayal or whatever. And they're like, oh no. And now they're really tense. Like what's going to happen? And then I'm looking and I'm saying, well, let's see. Uh, so when you're camping at night, a man shows up, asks to join your fire. And they can they can say oh we don't we don't trust this guy and they could immediately attack him but you know maybe they're the ones doing the betrayal or the right, right? Ah. so it, what that does is that allows you to incorporate random encounters in a way that the players are almost involved with generating them 
And in that mm. sense, it actually really adds an extra element to the game. Because without that there, you're just going from point A to point B, doing political stuff with all the clans, and then going from there to here, and killing trolls and fighting off, you know, whatever invaders, the, the Normans or whatever. Uh, no, I like that idea. I like and that. Um, I've, I've been really enjoying that, because what that does is it, it allows me to kind of just really come up with something. It, and it, it allows you to kind of look at these encounters and retextualize them, because if they get the troll encounter, but it's associated with a rune of joy and hope, you're like, well, how, how do I spin that? And it's like, okay, well, maybe this is a, a good troll, or maybe, it, maybe possibly they find this troll and it has... Um, something they've been looking for and, and they're able to get it off of that or uh, you could say oh they find um, giant elks but they have they pulled the rune of um, aid or they pulled the rune of uh, hope again uh, you could say oh well these elks are actually willing to help them to because they, they, there's this obstacle they were trying to get across well now these elks can possibly help them um, and it's not always going to be that's exactly how it works it's more of a there's potential for something like this if they're if they're able to to manipulate the situation, a lot of the encounters we do in that game are they have the ranger scout. He makes a stealth check, then a perception check, and based on that determines on whether or not it's an immediate fight encounter or whether he even sees what's going on. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, he'll notice tracks of a troll and he'll say, "Okay, we're not going this way. We're going to go that way." But I really like that kind of idea of. I do too, and I mean, one of my favorite uh, adventures of Dungeons and Dragons uh, is Ravenloft. And it has a whole section, the original Ravenloft, I'm talking here, not Curse of Strahd. It might still be in Curse of Strahd, but I have not read Curse of Strahd too in-depth. I've, I've skimmed the whole thing, but not really gotten into it. But in the original Ravenloft, there's a fortune-telling uh, scene with Madame Eva. And based, do you remember? <laughs> I dressed in drag as Madame Eva a few years ago at a I Halloween I don't have game. the pictures of my phone, they were on my old phone, but I was like... You dress up nice. I still have a picture. I still have pictures. There's proof out there. Um, makeup, dress, the whole thing. Yeah, makeup, dress. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, Jessica, a good friend, did my makeup. I shaved my chest. You, you, one hundred percent committed to the role. There's no question <laughs> about it. Yeah. Anyway, it's <laughs> a big part of the campaign. <laughs> Madam Eva does a card reading, and based on her card reading, dictates where certain things in the Ravenloft game will take place. Where, that is in the 5th edition. Where a, stra- where a Strahd encounter is, where the Sun Sword is located, uh, where the holy symbol of Ravenloft is. So what you're describing, though, is taking this a step further, and it's actually sort of giving you a hint on how to run random encounters for that day, which I really like. You know, it's too bad that, like, the spell Augury is awkward. It's too bad Augury couldn't give you... A reading like that. I mean, you could just make a spell that works that way. Sure. You could rewrite Augury and say it works yeah. that way. But, yeah, no, I like that idea. I like that. I may steal that idea. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So, I think I've come full circle on the... <laughs> I wanted to not like them, because I don't use them very often. But... In our last I, I, session, I, I believe... I know this sounds hokey. This sounds like, this yeah. sounds like oh, of course, now... You like the... No. I really feel like this... I think the what I thought were random encounters in our current campaign, which apparently weren't, and what I assumed was plotline, which you're now telling me is random encounters, literally, I would have lost all my money betting on that. I had no idea. I think random encounters are definitely a really useful tool 
that I think have kind of fallen to the wayside of recent years because of they do have a lot of downsides, especially if you're new. And is it because things are so sort of written out and so already predetermined? Like when they release one of these campaign books, I mean, it's, it's incredibly new, in depth. The new campaign books. Depth, but I actually think the incredible the new books are not like I, I don't know what your feelings are on this, Devin, but I don't think they're particularly railroady. I think they're very sandboxy, open ended. Uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen. I did not play Horde of the Dragons Queen. That one's pretty. That one is railroady. Okay. That was not a good one for them to start out with, because in in my opinion, um, you need some serious DM experience to make that an enjoyable uh, campaign. Um, But stuff they've been doing after that has been been phenomenal. It's been good. So, anything more we want to say on random encounters? I think I think if you're an inexperienced, I think if you take anything away from our discussion, an inexperienced DM needs to do a little bit of prep work. A random encounter table is not enough. Probably you need to find a couple encounters on that random encounter table. Shrink it down. If it's mm-hmm. 12 encounters, maybe shrink it down. To... Find the few you like yeah. and flesh them out yeah, and then have it. them ready to As go. As an inspiration tool, maybe it gives you an idea about something you weren't thinking about. Right? Mm-hmm. You've got sort of five encounters in your head, but you read this and go, those are two things I never thought about that I think I could really work with. Something to sort of break the mold, right? Hey, when was the last time we saw a gelatinist cube? Oh my god, a rust monster. You know, sort of bring back. Then when I think random encounters, I think of sort of the old school monsters. The ones that didn't fit in anywhere. Fair. Fair. You know. I, I do think that random encounters with an experienced DM can obviously be pulled off without feeling random. They're just another valuable tool to add to your... They are. Various, very, they are. very many. They're many. in. I think just about every... Every... Um, the nice thing that random, this is one thing I, uh, that we didn't touch on, but like when the players take a left turn, in other words, the plot is proceeding down the tracks, and they just go off the tracks somewhere, it's always nice to have a random encounter table to say what is over there. The whole campaign takes place on the Sword Coast, and they decide to go to the Anorak Desert. Exactly. <laughs> or they jump on boats and go out to the Moonshade Islands. Yeah. Especially if you don't, because there's there's a certain degree where you can be like, oh, I'm just gonna move this over there, but then when you get to that far ahead, of it, you're like, well, I I can't do that. There's no way. So it's nice to have some kind of. In that case, right? That that is true. Yeah, that's something we didn't talk about. But random encounters can be good ways for you to kind of like fill time while you desperately try to figure out what you're gonna do next. Yeah, because if you're like I am, uh, you're playing with a limited amount of time. My sessions are usually three, maybe four hours at the top. Just because we're old with families and people don't have the time to commit to a lot of gaming, uh, so if you want to run out a, if you want to run out a, uh, an evening, throw a decent sized random encounter in. It's about pacing again too, right? If you've had this session where we've gone two and a half hours, you know you're going three, and there really hasn't been the combat. You mm. know your barbarian's itching, yeah. and your uh, paladin's been shaking the d20 for the last 20 minutes. You can throw them a bone, right? You can kind of throw that out there and, and end on that sort yeah. of that combat. But what I'm saying is, like, the party takes a left turn. They're nowhere near your plot anymore. You don't really... You, you're not sure where to go. You can hit them with the random encounter and run out the time on the clock, essentially, and then have your entire... If you play every once a month, then you have a month to prep. That's true. If you, you know, if you play uh, weekly, then you've got a week to prep, whatever the case is. But you've bought yourself some time. The, the monsters have run the clock for you, and you're in a opportunity to prep for next time. 
And this is why I've started using them much, much more than I used to. Because when you're running five games a month, you, you sometimes need to do that. You're like, yeah. I don't have... Or, God forbid, you planned what you thought was a lot, and they cleared through it in about two hours. You don't worry about that with us. We take, <laughs> we take forever to do anything. So I would say I would say that my, my I, I really wanted to dislike Random Encounters because I thought... No. They seem archaic. I understand what you're saying. They've been around, the, those giant tables at the back of the... If I'm gonna spend, I, I run a lot of homebrew. If I'm going to prep time for, if I'm going to put prep time aside, I'm not going to make a random table with it. Are you going to make a series of encounters and then incorporate them into a random table? No. I'm going to make a set of encounters, and when I need to change pacing, There's if I need to slow things. things down, then I've got a roleplay encounter here prepped, and if I need to speed thing, if I need to heat things up, I've got a battle encounter here prepped. And if uh, I get also uh, if the party has gone through, you know, you set up you set up an encounter that you think is tough, and they they tear it apart as if it was nothing. And like you talked about managing resources, they didn't really expend any resources, so I can hit them again with something and take some more of those resources. I've had to do that. Right, I had a whole room of bullywugs attack them. Wizard threw one fireball, kill all of them, and I was like, and a second wave runs through. <laughs> <laughs> We have uh, we have not named this part of our podcast yet. We're still talking about naming it. We asked our last guests what they would name uh, the Old Men Rolling Dice DM chat. Uh, Devin, any ideas? What was their suggestions? There was a really good one. Like the, the, the gears are turning, the cogs are turning. Cogs are turning. Oh, that goes well with the logo. Yeah. Yeah, I think at the moment that's our front runner, but it's, we're by no means sold on it. No, we need we do we need a name for and it. And even once we get a couple. It'll take us four sessions to decide which one to go with. That's how our group <laughs> No, I, I like to think that you and I, uh, Jason and myself, I think when we work together and put our heads together, are a little more decisive than... He's shaking. <laughs> for those of you listening, he's shaking his head. Uh, I'm not so decisive. But... Any ideas for a name? We'll see. Anything. Ridiculous is acceptable. Elderly wisdom. Elderly wisdom. Ooh, because we are old. Elderly wisdom. I like that. I like that. There's, there's maybe something there. Mm-hmm. See, we maybe we'll just name every episode different. We could do that. No, we don't commit to anything. <laughs> the first one was called "The Cogs Are Turning." This one is called "Elderly Wisdom." There's a difference wisdom. between dating and marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I hope the sigh at the end. We're both like, uh, <laughs> you're, you're married, right? Yeah. So de- and just got married, I think. Yeah, just this year. Nice. Congratulations. We, Thank you. We're we're. Uh, there was a sword involved. It was pretty cool. Really? Yeah. There was not a sword involved in mine. We had chalices. Ooh, ooh, that's good. You had chalices? Dragon and a unicorn. Shut up. Pewter. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> And you had a sword. Yeah. I feel very out-geeked right now. Oh! My wife arranged that when... Uh, I, not to my knowledge, that when we were introduced and brought in for the head table, uh, the Imperial March started. That's nice. Devin, thank you for coming. Yeah. Thank you for having we'll me. We'll wrap up there. I think we've, I think we've discussed... I, I really did not think I was going to come around. I'm no, I was surprised when this happened. Oh, I'm still in shock about the actual random encounters in our own <laughs> campaign that happened a week ago. 
Because I literally would have guessed wrong on every one of them. I get that a lot. I'll, I'll constantly, I'll be telling people, like, oh, when I rolled that encounter, it's like, you rolled that? Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, yeah. I would have flipped those encounters entirely. I would have thought the ones I thought were random were planned and the ones I thought were planned were random. Well, it was nice to know that we were going to talk about this, and I was like, I'm going to try doing the random encounter thing. Is that why you tried it? Because That is why I tried it, because I wouldn't have done that otherwise. Really? So I, who knows? I consider it a massive success. Who knows what that session would have held? That would be session... Well, it's not even out yet. It'll probably be session eight. Maybe nine. There yeah. was a lot of talking. Yeah. Is that the bird pickle farm? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a pickle farm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thank you again, Devin. And we'll sign off there with good night, Dick. Good night, Dick. <laughs>